Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning. I'm looking out the window at my palatial studios in uh, Fort Collins and a little bit of cloud cover, but it's supposed to go away. We should get some sunny weather. Um, you know, it's going to be an interesting week this week. There's a lot going on. We're going to talk about the International Sportsman's Exposition that starts on Thursday. Uh, which hopefully, we're going to see a lot of you there. And uh, it's be good to get caught up. You know, we did one last year later and at a different time. It's going to be just good to see us getting back to more normal and, and just see you guys and meet up with the public, you know, all the listeners out there, the people that followed our television shows. We love just getting to talk to you in person. So we'll be talking a lot about what's going on at ISE t- uh, during the show today. Also ice fishing. We had that cold spell around the holidays, really firmed up the front range ice. We will be, uh, we're going to be covering a lot of ice fishing a little later in the show. We're going to cover some ice fishing opportunities right here on the front range. And then in the mountains, the bigger lakes are starting to freeze up like Granby, Blue Mesa. Those were, so we're seeing some tremendous opportunities. But with that being said, we're going to be in the mid forties, close to 50 on the front range over the next week. And that's going to open up some tremendous fly fishing opportunities or conventional fishing river opportunities. Even though the weather will be warm, the ice should remain stable. Uh, we've got a good solid base and it sh- the nights are cold, but the rivers, especially the tailwaters, should o- offer some open water fishing. So there's a lot going on. And uh, later on in the second hour, Brad Peterson will give us an update on waterfall hunting. We, uh, we're having a tremendous goose season, but things have changed. That cold weather has moved the geese, so you want to pay, pay attention to that. Uh, but speaking of the ISE coming up, right now I want to go right to the phones. And joining us from the Rathers group is uh, Dave Wenzel. Good morning, Dave. Morning, Terry. How are you? You know, I'm doing great. How's the weather in Salt Lake or the, the Utah area? Right now, it's about what uh, you're at. We're seeing about 29 degrees today. A little cool and crisp with some cloud cover, but uh, don't look like we're going to get any snow or rain today. So it should be a good day. You know, in the mountain regions, we have cold weather and winters, but we get some pretty nice days. And there's so many opportunities for different types of outdoor activities. Now, uh, Dave, one thing, uh, Dave's going to talk to us about the Rathers group. But before we even get into it, I want to say a little bit. As people know that I've been evangelistic about getting youth into the outdoors. I think it's the values that come with outdoor activities, the bonding and memories we create are unparalleled in any other activity. And I think it does so much to uh, give our youth a start and a good life. And uh, as you saw some of our posts earlier, my one of my grandchildren was on his first ice fishing trip and harvested his first deer this year. I just think there's something there. And the quality companies in this industry understand that. And they step up to help youth get started. And the Rathers Group is one of those companies that really understands the value of the outdoors and what it means to our youth and what it means to their future, but also the future of our our value system. And, Dave, I want to thank you guys. Uh, We're going to talk more about it in a minute. Uh, The Rather Group has stepped up, and uh, several kids are going to get free fishing gear at the ISE show this year. And we'll tell you more about that in a minute. But, Dave, the Rathers Group, uh, tell us what the Rathers Group entails. 
Yeah, so Rather Outdoors uh, is a is a is the parent company of some uh, very popular uh, fishing tackle brands. We are the manufacturer uh, of Luz, uh, Strike King, Mock, Quantum, and Zebco. So with our product line, as you said, you know we are very interested and passionate about the sport and ensuring that we have the right products to get uh, our youth and beginning anglers into the sport. And through our product portfolio, we have everything from folks that are just starting out in fishing with, you know, most of us started out with the Zebco 33. Uh, and as you elevate your skill level, you have a tendency to elevate your gear level. And that's one thing that's really been neat about uh, the Rathers rather portfolio, if you will, uh, starting out with Zebco. And then you can kind of move into uh, one of our very popular brands is Mock. Uh, you know, that's really uh, a passion for the chase. And you can find that uh, Noah Pescatelli, which is a really uh, high-viewed uh, YouTube guy. And he has his own channel, Kicking Your Bass. And Noah's kind of been our face of the Mock brand. And then you move into Lou's, which Lou's was really designed originally uh, by Lou Childress back in the 40s. Uh, and he really designed uh, bamboo rods and then kind of moved from bamboo into fiberglass and then fiberglass into um, graphite. And so the, the Lou's brand itself has been around since the 40s. Uh, and now today you find some of the top names in fishing Actually, fish to lose products. Kevin Van Dam is one that uh, comes quickly to mind. He's uh, one of our pros. Uh, but the neat thing about lose, uh, you know, you've got things from what we're going to talk about, uh, what we're going to give the kids, uh, kind of an entry level into the lose, all the way up to, you know, our very elite pro TI type product. Uh, so it gives you a chance to stay within a brand and elevate your skill. Uh, within a brand that you become passionate about and uh, trust and, and are familiar with. You know, I what you said just hit such a note with me. I mean, you said the Zebco 33. I go back all the way to the 202. I mean, but how many of us? I mean, my my first fishing rod actually was a was a a bait caster that the handle turned when you cast on a steel rod that my dad handed down to me. <laughs> but my, my first one that I could really fish with was my Zebco and you never, it, it kind of got me into fishing. It turned out okay, I guess. But, um, but the Zebco brand, almost everybody's familiar with that. And Quantum's quite, of course been a, a, a stable name in the industry forever. But what you said about lose, I don't, I think a lot of people, uh, those of us in the industry and uh, the tournament anglers are very familiar with lose, but the casual angler hasn't heard as much about them. So I'm glad you brought that to the, to the front that lose has made such quality gear. Um, but your entire portfolio uh, just represents fishing and you just are out there. And, and one of the things I want to say folks is that we're going to tell you about what these folks are doing for ISE. So when you go to buy some fishing gear next time, remember that when these people step up, not only do they make quality gear, but when they step up just to get you started and donate things, they make things work. Um, 
make that part of your decision process when you're buying gear because support the people that support the outdoor industry. Now let's talk about ISE a little bit here, Dave. We're, we're, we've have a, we've developed a program we call a family day on the Sundays at ISE. And traditionally we've tried to give away about 50 fishing rods to beginning fishermen youth. And it happens on Sunday. So folks mark your calendar. You'll be hearing more about this during the show. And there'll be a way for at least 50 kids to leave with fishing gear. We also have tackle boxes and some other things. So probably it'll be more like 60 or 70 kids will leave with some fishing gear. But Luz has donated 50 rods. And normally we get, you know, really beginner rods. They're young kids. But Luz really stepped up and donated a nice piece of gear for these kids. Tell us about it. Yeah, so this is our uh, our speed cast underspin. It's in... Five foot six light combo. It's got an IM6 graphite, so high quality uh, rod. It's got a two bearing system. It's got stainless steel cone, dual pickup pins. Uh, so the underspin, uh, for folks who may not be familiar with that, it's kind of a in between the old push button like the Zebco 33 that we talked about and a spinning reel where you have to flip the bale. Uh, this one has a, a trigger, if you will, kind of in the same position of where the bale is on a spinning. So it actually gets you familiar with the casting application like you use on a, on an open face spinning reel, uh, without having to mess with the bale and how to learn how to, uh, trip the bale wire and cast. Uh, but really a, a good quality piece of equipment, like say stainless steel, uh, real seats. It's got, uh, pre-spooled with, with monofilament on it. It's adjustable right or left hand. So not just, um, you know, a, a carded or a cardboard flatboard uh, combo. This is a, a good quality, uh, combo that would get people be proud to own and then gives them the ability to, uh, upgrade their gear uh, with lose as they get familiar and, and enjoy the the use of the speed cast. Well, what folks, I'll tell you what he said. This is a quality piece of equipment that even an advanced fisherman would use for lighter applications. But because it's a lightweight rod and has the actions he said on it, it's very easy for youth to cast, to learn to cast. It's a, it's a good development path for them to go along and improve their fishing. Uh, it's just a and it's it's something that retailed for a fairly substantial price. And I just want to say thank you again, uh, Dave, for stepping up for the Rathers Outdoors and all your brands. And, uh, you know, again, tell people your brands and what to look for when they go to the stores. Yeah, so, uh, again, we, we're so grateful to be a part of uh, this opportunity with ISC and to really get people involved in the sport. And uh, we're excited that, you know, 50 kids are going to be able to go away with, with some good gear and hopefully make some good memories and, and get hooked on the sport like, like we have. Uh, with Rather Outdoors, again, we've got Zebco, uh, Quantum, Strike King, Lose, and Mock. Uh, all very high-quality brands. Uh, we have something for every um, 
every angler out there, regardless of what your skill level is, you can find it within the uh, Rather Outdoors portfolio. And those uh, products are available at virtually all the major outdoor outlets, folks, the major brands. And I've known Dave for many years. Our history goes back a long time. And he's just a quality person with a quality company. And I'm going to let him go here in a second. Then I'm going to give you the specifics on how you can get these rods. But, Dave, once again, thank you so much. Thanks for joining, taking time out to join us this morning. And uh, as always, you've been a great friend and you work for a great company. Oh, thanks, Terry. I appreciate our friendship and the, the partnership that we've had over the years. Uh, you know, just the last thing for those listening, you know, the last couple of years with COVID, uh, as we've had so many people enter in the sport, gear's been really hard to find. Uh, one thing that you're going to find uh, as we get into this first part of the year and into the spring is the supply chain is really caught up. So you're going to find uh, product on the shelves. Uh, stores are stocked. Manufacturers are stocked. Uh, look for some really good deals this spring. Uh, as I've met and talked with many retailers out there, uh, they're excited about the starting of the season, and they've got some really good sales planned. Uh, you're going to see some really good values out there. So keep your eyes open as you're out there uh, in your favorite sporting goods store. But thanks, Terry. Appreciate the time. Uh, good luck to everybody, and uh, hope you guys have an enjoyable time at the ISC show. Yeah, and, you know, that's great advice because you can never have too much fishing gear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, thank you. Dave Wenzel thank from you. Rather Outdoors. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, now, here's how Bye-bye. we're, we're going to give away these fishing rods. On Sunday, and we'll tell you more about this during the course of the show, too, but Sunday is our family day. So, you know, you can come to the show any any day. And you should come more than once. There's so much to do. But on Sunday, we gear a lot of our seminars. I, Karen and I host the Fishing Theater. We gear a lot of our seminars to beginning youth fishermen. Doesn't mean we don't have stuff for the advanced angler, too, because we have our experts corner. We have lots going on. But we're specifically, we'll do some, some seminars that are just for beginning. And when we do those, we'll be giving away... Um, while they last, uh, we've got at least 50 fishing rods. We've got uh, tackle boxes. I'm thinking about 60 or 70 kids are going to leave with free fishing gear from that show. So if you attend on Sunday, you'll have a chance to get some really nice gear for youth to start out. The youth will have to be with a parent. So we, when you come to the seminar, that's going to be our only qualification. And while they last, obviously. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to take you uh, up into the mountains. And talk some fly fishing right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us is uh, Kirk from Kirk's Fly Shop up in Estes. Good morning, Kirk. Good morning, Terry. How's the weather up in Estes? I assume that's where you're at today. Yeah, it's nice out today. You know, we we had this really cold weather, um, and we froze up a lot of the, the ice on the ponds and things and the lakes, but it's going to be warm now. We should get some good fly fishing. I want to talk to you about the International Sportsman's Exposition and what you're going to be doing and talking about down there. But before that, I would think the tailwaters of the Big Thompson with the 40, 50-degree weather we got coming are going to fish pretty well if they aren't already. 
Oh, yeah, it's already fishing pretty good. It's opened at least three miles below the dam, which is we got a little better flow coming out of the bottom of the dam at this time of year than we normally do. So keeping a yeah, little I heard they, water open. I heard they they refilled. It wasn't totally drained, but brought down Lake Estes for some repairs. Now it's been refilled, and they refill that with the warmer water through the power plant, I believe. Right. And that, that's caused both open water fishing on Lake Estes that I heard is doing pretty well, plus the increased flows and maybe even a little warmer flows. So we should see pretty good, uh, pretty good fishing there. Let's talk about the open water. How long do you think that'll stay open? And are you fishing that at all on the lake? Yeah, the inlet, the power plant inlet will be open for the, the whole season now that they got the water coming through again. So we fish that power plant a lot. It's kind of like a moving river where it's coming in at. Do you approach that any any different because the water's coming through the plant? It's a little warmer in the winter, maybe even than a tailwater. Do you do you approach it differently, or do you fish it just like you would a tailwater? No, we approach it a little differently. We do like more prince nymphs and pheasant tails, and you can go a little bit bigger. You can do like sixteens and fourteens in that section. And pretty good trout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're mostly stocked fish, but there's a lot of them in there, and they all kind of pile up into that warmer water coming in. Yeah, great opportunity. So tell me what's going on in the Big T itself is uh, the tailwater. Is it fishing down lower at all, or is it just too much ice down lower? Uh, no, there's kind of some pack ice on the edges down maybe up to about three miles down. So it's a little slippery where you're standing, but there's open holes that are fishing really well downstream. And and then the tailwater itself, how are you approaching that? Uh, there, you just want to get out in it and work your way up. Um, tiny stuff. you got to go like size 24 jujubes um, and little pheasant tails in front of that. Well, you know, you're one of, you, you really um, changed my approach to nymph fishing because fishing with you the number of times I did. And we actually fished that tailwater pretty much this time of the year. I guess it was closer to February, but, and we just slayed them. But you really stay away from weights on your uh, nymph rigs if you can help it, don't you? I do. The, the more weights you put on there, the more tangles you get. So if I can do it all on the flies and get the sink right, that's the way I like to do it. Now, typically a couple flies, two or three, what would be a typical setup for you this time of the year? Yeah, right now I just do like a little uh, CDC pheasant tail, trail it with a, uh, a little red midge, and then trail it with a black jujube. And then for your indicator, do you use a, a true indicator? Do you use a yarn or a, an indicator? Or sometimes do you use a fly? What do you use for that? Sometimes I'll use a fly. At this time of year, they're not really looking up at all, so or, or not too much at least. Uh, so I'm just using a little sticker indicator, something light that doesn't scare the fish. Okay. Um, it's just an easy rig, uh, and we should have really all through the year, and not just the big Thompson, but all the way through, um, a lot of our tailwaters, there's no reason to put your fly rods away uh, during during the uh, winter. And before we get to International Sportsman's Exposition, I'm sure you're booking trips. If somebody wanted to book a guide trip on any of these waters, how would they get a hold of you? Where would they find you? They just call us here at the shop, uh, 970-577-0790. And, uh, we're open every day from 8 to 5. And how long in advance do you need to usually have before you can book a trip. You can call us the day of. Right now, we got guides available. 
All right. And you're located in Estes, right next to the Dairy Queen on Main Street. Stop in and check them out. Full-service fly shop with all your needs uh, and great people to work with. Let's talk about International Sportsman's Exposition a little bit. First of all, you're going to have a booth down there with stuff from your shop, right? Yeah, yeah. And you'll be selling. Got some good deals going on at that booth? We do. We'll have like a fly grab, $5 per dozen on the flies. Um, we'll have some used rods at 50-plus percent off and some used waders at 50-plus percent off. Then we'll have some deals on some trips, too. Awesome. So a good reason to come there. And you're also, Karen and I host the Fishing Theater, and you're one of the speakers there. Actually, Karen does all the work. I take the credit, but don't tell anybody that, okay? Well, I think everybody knows that. <laughs> Oh hey! But anyway, what are you going to what are you going to be talking about at the the theater? Uh, we'll be talking about uh, fly fishing in Rocky Mountain National Park. All the different and areas what, you can go to. And what days? What days do you give your seminar? Do you know offhand? I I don't know. Oh, I'll get I'll get that. Aaron told me, but I I didn't, can't remember. Yeah, well, we'll get that information later, and we'll put it out there. But although you can go online to uh, the International Sportsman's Exposition in Denver, and the whole schedule is up there. And what's what's when you give your seminar in Rocky Mountain National Park, and you and I have fished it together several times, what do you think is the most surprising or unique thing or different thing that people don't realize about fishing the park? Um, I think it's just if you just walk a little ways, you can get away from the crowds. So. If you go about a half mile, you can pretty much get a spot all to yourself. All right. Karen's showing me the schedule. You're going to be speaking Thursday at 2.30 and Saturday at 11.30 on Rocky Mountain National Park. And it's uh, you taught me something else about the park, too. And I used to think of the park because I used to fish it on my own, and I started fishing with you. And there's lots of these opportunities where you don't expect big fish, but the setting you're in, and the quality of the experience, and it's just so beautiful. And you're catching maybe small cutthroats and brook trout, but it's just the essence of fly fishing. But you showed me if you're willing to walk up to some of these higher alpine lakes, you don't have to settle for small fish up there, do you? Yeah, you can get some fish all the way up to about 16 inches in some of those deep lakes. In fact, you and I went up on horseback to one one time, and... Uh, just really caught some quality fish. So the park does uh, present a lot of great opportunities. So I'm going to let you go, and uh, but we will see you down at ISE this week. And people, if you need to get a hold of Kirk, give your phone number one more time, or or go to Kirk'sFlyShop.com. It's probably the easiest, huh? That's the easiest. All right, Kirk. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you in a few days. All right. Thanks, Terry. All right. All right, now before we go to our next break, before we go to our next break, um, I want we've got a lot of ISE tickets to give away. I'm going to give away three, four pairs of ISE tickets today. So I'm going to give away the first pair right now. In our first segment, we were with the Rathers group, Rathers Outdoors, and we had uh, Dave Wenzel, and they donated uh, 50 rods for kids fishing, okay? And... The first one to text the 303-713-1043, the brand name of the rods that Rather Outdoors is donating to the kids. These were high-end quality rods these kids are going to get. On Sunday at ISE, we're going to give away 50 of them free. Um, so the first one to text 
on the text line, the name of that brand, we'll get two tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition. Karen will put them and we'll call for you. Um, we're going to take a quick time out. When we get back, we're going to take you up to uh, Bar Lake, and we're going to talk about what's going on there, including fishing, archery, eagles, and so much more. And Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear and 104.3 The Fan. Coming back. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and 104.3 The Fan, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Jack's has locations up and down the front range. Uh, if you're looking for something for that outdoor enthusiast, uh, maybe something, or you're an outdoor enthusiast and you didn't quite get what you wanted for Christmas, Jack's is the place to go. If you've never been in their stores, I mean, they're just great retail outdoor outlets. And they also have their farm and ranch stores and some combined stores. And you can just virtually get anything you would ever want. Where um, We're going to take you out to Bar Lake now and joining us, from Bar Lake is Michelle Siebert. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, and you're always so upbeat and so cheerful. Um, uh, there's probably a backstory for that today, but I'm going to keep that between us. Oh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> But it's uh, it's a beautiful day out, and lots going on at Bar Lake. Um, I want to talk to you about the ice fishing, but before we get there, uh, you're just so well-known for the eagles. And at Bar Lake, this is a great time to come out and watch the eagles, isn't it? It is. So Bar Lake is known for having our wintering eagles. Um, So they come to Bar Lake because, um, for the most part, we always have open water um, in the southwest corner because we winter fill. So that's where you're going to see the eagles. um, Most of them are on the southwest corner of the lake. And and how many eagles have you seen at one time at Bar Lake? Um, I think we're up to fifty in one day. Wow, that's just amazing. Yeah. There's such just think it wasn't that long ago, and they were. I mean, they're still protected, but they were thought of as endangered, and now they're back, and you can enjoy their majesty. And you ever, and when you get to watch them go fishing, that's really something, isn't it? It is. You know, it's amazing to watch them. Their wingspan is six to eight feet, so they're quite large raptors, and it's just amazing to watch them fish. So they're really good fishermen. Why don't you tell people where Bar Lake is, just in case we have some new listeners? Yeah, so Bar Lake is 25 minutes east of Denver, so we're a quick day trip in Brighton, Colorado. We're right off the I-76 and Bromley Lane. All right, and it's a... well, describe the excuse me. Describe the park for people. Yeah, so we have a, a trail that is eight point eight miles. It goes all the way around. Um, this time of year, between mile marker four and five, it's closed because of um, nesting bald eagles. We hope that they nest. Um, and then we have a nature center that has lots of exhibits. Our archery range is open year round. Um, we have fishing on the whole northern part. We have waterfowl hunting on the backside of the dam. Um, you can come out for a short hike, a picnic, or just go to the nature center. Yeah, and speaking of hunting, Brad Peterson's going to join us in the second hour. And the goose hunting has been phenomenal. Uh, and you have, what days of the week can you come out and hunt waterfowl at Bar Lake? So you can hunt Wednesday and Saturdays. And last Saturday we had 
the most geese that we've had taken ever at Bar Lake. So it's been pretty good for geese. Uh, so Wednesday and Saturday, we are the last day of hunting on February 12th is a Sunday. So we are going to open up for that last day as an extra day for the hunters. And is it a reservation system? It is. So you do have to make reservations online or call. You can also come for first um, come first serve. So a lot of times all our blinds are full with reservations, but people will check out maybe around noon. You can go um, by the uh, ranger office where we have our hunting kiosk, and you can wait in line and see when people check out to get the afternoon hunt. What a great way, just a close to home and a controlled situation, especially if maybe you're taking out a young hunter and, you know, it's just, you know, it's, there's facilities nearby and all those type of things. Really a great opportunity. Another great opportunity, and that's your archery. You have you have inline static archery um, all year round, and then the parts of the year you have your 3D, and I think you're upgrading that. And I'm a huge believer in 3D archery as far as, training for hunting what's the status of your archery right now yeah so the standing range is open all year round um and then our 3d range will be back open march 1st and it's open march 1st through the end of november every year and then we kind of take inventory of the targets but um we receive some additional funding so we have a like a a lot of new 3d targets that are going to go out march 1st we have a new um bathroom facility down there um, so we're really making some great upgrades to the archery range. And the last thing, and maybe most important to a lot of our listeners, ice fishing. A lot of times Bar Lake doesn't necessarily develop great ice because you're filling, because where it's located, the amount of sun it gets, and being on the lower front range alt- uh, altitude-wise. Um, but this year, you've got some pretty good ice, I understand. Yeah, we do. And, you know, typically um, we have a short season for ice. Um, usually it's only till the maybe beginning of February, but this year it's been a lot colder. So the ice, we haven't had very many ice fishermen, um, but it's probably about five to six inches. Um, so, you know, you can enter probably the best places to enter um, off of the boat ramp area. And we always tell people that, you know, we never say the ice is safe. So make sure you come with a buddy. Um, you know, have your ice balls and just be safe. And when you come out and um, it's, you know, a great short trip from Denver. So you can come out and try a little bit of ice fishing and see how it goes. Yeah, well, one of the things we <clears throat> we have the same thing that there's no such thing as safe ice. <clears throat> Excuse me. But ice fishing can be incredibly safe as long as you use common sense. We have very yes. few, very few incidents and almost no fatalities ice fishing we got a lot more from avalanches and skiers but ice fishing kind of people that are new to it get a little nervous if you use common sense and make sure you understand what the ice is about but there's a number of species tell people what you can catch at bar lake um so you can catch walleye you can catch wiper you can catch trout perch so you know it's just a a great opportunity um you know we do have uh, some loaner ice fishing equipment so if you want to try ice fishing out and you don't have any equipment, call our nature center and we'll be happy to get some equipment for you. Well, and another thing, because it freezes by the shore earlier in the year and the clothes for boating, 
And now a lot of times you don't get ice and you haven't had the number of ice anglers out there because they haven't expected it to be frozen. Those fish are haven't been pressured or moved around. It could be some of the best fish, ice fishing of the year there right now. What a great time to get out. As long as they don't have to go out there and put up with J.R. Pierce from Colorado Clays, I think he's going to be headed out there. Well, he might just be out there. <laughs> <laughs> he's our good friend. He does a lot of things, but he's on later today, so we want to take some shots at him. Michelle, we're going to let you go. Any last comments? Uh, well, one last thing I want to ask you. Uh, Parks and Wildlife is going to be at the International Sportsman's Exposition. Are you going to have a pretty big presence there? Yeah, we will. So we'll have a lot of different booths um, from boat safety to the Operation Game Thief. So be sure to stop by and say hi to us, and I'll be around a couple days. So um, it's always a great time to see everybody. So come out to the International Sportsman Show. All right. Michelle, I'll let you get back to having fun. I know you're on a fun trip, and we will see you later in the week. All right. Thanks, Terry. You bet. Michelle Siebert. Always great. You know, I was serious what I was talking about, Bar Lake, the opportunities. I'm going to run it by Austin, who's going to join us. Austin Parr is going to join us next segment. We're going to talk ice fishing opportunities. That's a lake that can be difficult to fish at times. People, you know, they don't, a lot of people with big boats because it has a horsepower limitation don't put their big boats on there. And it doesn't get the same pressure. It's also kind of bowl-shaped. There are some structure in there, but it's different to approach, <clears throat> and it doesn't get a lot of information put out about it. So maybe we can, that might be a, just a great opportunity for us to open up some great ice fishing opportunities for everybody. There is, could still be some open water down by the inlet, so I would be, you can't go down there anyway. That's, it's half of the lake is a game preserve, so you can't fish there. But be careful, but you should have decent ice. And there's some wonderful fish in there, walleyes and wipers, but there's also panfish and bass, and there's a good perch population in there, and it's it's also stocked with rainbow trout. So should be some great ice fishing opportunities in there. Tell you what, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, Austin Parr is going to join us, and we're going to talk ice fishing uh, right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. Times are hard. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go to the phone. Joining us is uh, Austin Parr. Good morning, Austin. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for having me. Oh, always a pleasure. You're such a great resource. We always appreciate having you on. A couple quick things. Uh, we're going to talk some ice fishing and we're going to talk some ISE. Uh, I had a texter on the line was wondering if we heard any reports from Jackson Reservoir. Now, I'll ask Brad later, but have you heard anything about Jackson? Does it have ice? Heard a couple people out there ice fishing. The success has been somewhat minimal, which I guess is to be expected. It was the slow year at Jackson, um, and I think a lot of fish maybe got pushed out of that canal with how low the water was this year. But didn't hear much catching, but I was hearing in the neighborhood of five to six inches of ice. But on the eastern plains, sometimes that uh, can be even a little bit more volatile than on the front range. And even with these cooler temperatures, that wind uh, can, can definitely wreak havoc out there. But I heard it was okay, but proceed with caution as usual. Right. And, you know, it's one that can present some unique opportunities. It's, uh, it can be a difficult lake to fish even in the summer because of the shape of the lake. It's bowl shape. Uh, but if you're willing to work, 
I'm sure there's still a decent number of fish in there. And while it may not be steady action, you might be rewarded if you put in some time. Just be extremely careful. Uh, same question on Bar Lake. Have you heard? Now, I just had Michelle Siebert on. She said they've got it. They've had just a half a dozen or so ice anglers out. They've got five or six inches of ice, but there just hasn't been anybody really approaching it because usually they don't even get ice till close to February and it only lasts for a couple of weeks. So people don't think about fishing that. I, I was thinking, and I shared this with Michelle, that Bar Lake is one that because it freezes, you know, it gets close to boating early, and then you get shore ice, it doesn't get a lot of fishing pressure. And now having this early ice with almost, almost no ice anglers out there, even though it's a difficult lake to fish, it could present some great opportunities. I totally agree, and and it's a lake that, that as you mentioned, really gets overlooked a lot here. It's, it's very close to town, but it's a wakeless lake under 10 horsepower, I believe, and uh, not a lot of people hit it, and same thing with the ice fishing. I very rarely hear reports from bar, but it's a lake that is pretty heavily stocked with walleyes and saw guys. There's some bass in there, and there's some wipers as well, and a good heavy population of shad, which can make it slightly challenging in the late season and on the ice, but similarly to Cherry Creek, when you hit those right bite windows out there on some of those structure points, uh, I think that you could definitely have some success. So it's something to be thinking about when a lot of these other metro bodies of water are taking a lot of pressure here on the early ice season. Well, and there's some <clears throat> trout stocking that goes on there, and there's some panfish there too. So if you can't find the walleyes and the wipers and the bass, if the shatter making it difficult, you might be able to locate uh, some of those others who aren't big enough to take advantage of the shad. Definitely, and with the water being slightly lower still, and I last time I drove by, it was still below what you would generally think about on the weed line edges, which are pretty significant out there. Um, I think you can get on uh, a nice uh, shallow flat and maybe find some of those trout cruising. Yeah, or maybe some perch, too. It's actually got Definitely. a decent perch population. So it's something to think about. You know, everybody's looking for a different opportunity, and maybe the one that's not so crowded. We talk about Cherry Creek and Chatfield a lot, but there's other opportunities if you're willing to branch out and maybe work a little bit for the fish and have a little different experience. As long as we mention those, I know Nate will cover them, but what have you heard about Chatfield Cherry Creek? Cherry Creek's been slightly slower with the amount of shad out there. We heard some good reports from, you know, the general peak bite windows at your low light condition, but the, the true gem right now with uh, as far as the fishing is concerned, is at Chatfield. So we did not have a good shad hatch, as we've repeatedly talked about over the course of the whole season, and that is correlating into fantastic ice fishing out there, uh, not only just at the peak bite windows, but I don't know if I would say necessarily all day, but, I mean, guys are catching tons of walleyes out there and good numbers of bass. Uh, the trout fishing has been good, but uh, it has been been probably the best ice season that, that I can really ever remember as far as actually catching fish at Chatfield. The overall ice condition is pretty healthy. Southern side of the lake is in that 8-ish inch range. Northern side of the lake is 4 to 5. And as usual, with it being an old gravel quarry on the river, there are a number of springs, and you have to be careful to not uh, hit any of those. So a spud bar is still important, as we preach typically. But uh, the bite has been been good, and it's something to, to certainly consider. And, you know, that's going to be something throughout the front range. We had that cold spell, and even though we're having a warm week coming up here, um, I, as you get towards the end of the week, you should be at ISE anyway. We'll talk about that. But <laughs> for, the, for the main time, uh, the ice, even though we get those warm days, it's cold at night. And if you look at the snow in your yard, it hasn't gone away very fast. That ice is going to maintain for a while. Just be extremely cautious because there are 
flows and springs and places that don't freeze as well. What about Aurora Reservoir? Have you heard anything there? Some folks have been getting some perch. Uh, so they've been doing their standard live minnow type presentations, but also working on some of your smaller ice jigs, like you'd be thinking for trout, little tungstens, um, tipped with uh, mealworms or waxworms, but uh, small bloodworm imitations, something like a Northland rose bloodworm can be a worthwhile bet, but also small clam plastics I like a lot. Even some of the power bait, uh, small uh, artificials are worthwhile. But the whole key with those perch is finding them suspended. People with live scope and, and uh, forward-facing sonar have been able to find them a little bit better. Uh, the lake, with it being slightly lower over the last couple of years, it hasn't developed those heavy reed lines like we've found in the past. And from what I've been hearing, people are finding those perch suspended over the main deep area. And then per usual, the trout fishing has been worthwhile. Uh, those guys are going to usually be a little bit shallower, although you can find them suspended and when they're cruising. But I like to get off of the points and, and in that range of 10 to 15 feet of water, I'll usually I'll run a dead stick on uh, with a minnow and then I'll dig something a little bit more aggressively like a spoon or even maybe a, uh, like it's something like a trout trap uh, stinger with a small tail, a small tube jig can be worthwhile. But the thing about Aurora with the depth out there, there's some very nice holdover trout and, and it's not uncommon to catch trout over five pounds. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a great lake. Again, it, you know, like bar, it fishes different, different than bar. It fishes. It's a deep, clear lake. And it doesn't have the same shad population that like Cherry Creek or Chatfield. And people get a little too wired in sometimes. When you try some of these other lakes, first of all, put a little thought into what, what the makeup of the lake is. Now, here's a question. I get this all the time. People come in with a map and they'll say, where would you fish here? Well, what's, what other fish are in the lake? What's the forage base? Is the water cold? Is there flow through it? And, the, you know, those aren't going to give you all the answers, but they're going to give you a starting point. Kind of think through and then adjust as you're out there. Like you talked about those trout being at 15 feet out there. Well, those same trout in a less clear lake like Cherry Creek might be at six or seven feet. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, every lake does fish differently. And that goes to the same thing up in the mountains, too. You know, some of your high plains lakes are going to fish completely differently than some of the deeper clear lakes, as you mentioned. So each individual body of water, you have to go with uh, an open mindset, but yet use your tools that you have. We have a great uh, company called Fish and Map Company that's mapped out all these lakes. There's really good online resources for various contour maps. And that's usually a start that I'll, I'll work with. And then maybe break out the Colorado Fishing Atlas to figure out what types of fish are in the lake. And uh, you can then get a good starting point um, to, to get a nice spot in the early morning and then adjust as the day progresses. Now, what else have you heard? Have you heard anything? You know, the whole front range is probably more available for ice fishing than it has been in a few years. What about places that get heavy pressure but are stocked heavily like St. Perrine? Yeah, St. Brian has been really worthwhile. Uh, the ice up there has been holding on, but with it being a smaller body of water, that may be one that gets unsafe first before the big bodies of water. So definitely use caution, but it's pretty reasonable right now. Uh, but the, the trout fishing, they stock it like crazy, and they are catching them really left and right up there. Uh, so I've been hearing, Jane, per usual, the earlier morning and later evening are definitely a little bit better. Uh, the live minnows and then your smaller rat finkies and tungsten jigs tipped with waxworms have all been productive. And 
I've talked to several individuals that have been having the 50-plus fish days up there. Now, you're not really expecting to catch very large trout with the shallowness of those lakes. There's not a ton of holdovers, but the numbers are there, and then uh, there's also warm water species there as well. So sometimes you can get into some bass or some bluegills along with those trout, um, and it's really a nice opportunity that's not very far from town um, and something that I really like to hit sometimes. Last ice fishing question, then I want to quick get to ISE. Have you heard anything about the Granby area? Granby has had ice. The ice is a little bit thinner than what you would normally find right now. I'm hearing on Granby it's in the six-inch-ish range, uh, but there's a lot of slush up there, particularly on Granby with that heavy wet snow that we received a couple of weeks ago. It has translated to pretty significant slush, so make sure that you're equipped with proper footwear before you head up there. Less slush on Williams Fork. This thing has been pretty good. Uh, guys are catching a, a lot of either size lake trout on some of the brighter tubes, which is definitely worthwhile this time of year. And then as the year progresses, maybe go a bit darker. And then shifting back over to Granby slightly, I've been hearing that Willow Creek Reservoir, although it does have slush, fishing really well for rainbows. So that's a nice All right. numbers if you're in that area. Well, we have a couple minutes left. Um, you're going to be at the International Sportsman's Exposition. We, we start Thursday. What topics are you going to be covering in your seminars? So to start with, on uh, Thursday and Friday, I'm working through how to catch fish throughout the year on the shore in the Denver metro area. Uh, you know, I'm guilty of this myself. We always talk about the, the boat fishing, but there's great shore fishing opportunities. And then uh, so I'll be discussing that. I'll have the expert corner where I'll be talking about new ice fishing gear and what to maybe utilize this time of year. And then on Sunday, we're discussing uh, catching fish throughout the season with a young angler. So it's the, the, the family day, and, and we're going to break it down on a little bit more basic level. And uh, there's lots so many opportunities uh, on the shore for, for young anglers. I think that's what I'm, I'm most looking forward to. And Sunday's our family day, and you're going to be involved. As you know, Luz has donated 50 rods. We've got some tackle boxes. We're getting some additional rods from Eagle Claw. And I believe Brad's going to have an announcement about a few things that we're getting from another retailer. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, you are involved in giving that out. I, does that just give you pleasure when those kids come with that ticket to get their free fishing rod? I love it, yeah. I mean, it's it's the, the joy on their face is, is awesome. And this year in particular, we've got some pretty nice equipment. So they're going to be getting set up with something they can really grow into and and hopefully facilitate their love of uh, the outdoors like I've had from a young age. Now, you're going to have a booth at ISE. You're going to have any great sales going on? Got a lot of good stuff with the Discount Fishing Tackle booth. We're going to have a ton of ice fishing stuff down there and uh, definitely some, some worthwhile sales throughout. Uh, whether you're looking for rods, reels, ice fishing gear, we'll have uh, some good opportunities uh, in a wide variety of angling. All right, my friend, we will let you go, and I will see you in just a few days. Sounds good, Terry. Thanks so much as always. All right, Austin Parr, real good. Um, before we take our break, someone asked us about rabbit hunting. I, um, I haven't been out much, but the rabbits are pretty plentiful. I would think a great place to go would be some of the walk-in access out uh, in the east. There's a lot of walk-in access. If people think about it for pheasant and upland game quail hunting, I would go out and try those, and I would bet you have some easy. You could hunt them in my neighborhood if it was legal to shoot. They're all over the place. But that walk-in access for the upland game would give you access to the kind of habitat that probably would hold some rabbits, 
And another thing, I would send a, a text, go to the Fishful Thinker Facebook page and ask Chad Lachance. He does quite a bit of rabbit hunting. Ask him. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to be joined by one of our favorite contributors, although I'm a little upset with him because he's got so much going on. We're only going to see him for a short period, ISE. But other than that, he's still okay. We're still not going to get on him. We had a whole year of being nice to him last year. And when we come back, we'll be joined by Nate Zielinski.